Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. Holy Shenanigans. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a creative, a feminist, and a pastor. In this week's episode, we continue the Jesus story about the bread of life with a message from the streets of downtown Buffalo, a story about the best espresso in the world, and a challenge to serve bread that lasts. Today is the continuation of the gospel readings focusing on Jesus as the bread of life. We've heard stories of people being fed from crowds to individuals. These people are wrestling with what this even means, this spread of life. In this week's text, the people who hear Jesus explain himself as this spread of life are confused. And so they ask, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? How indeed. Jesus goes on to explain himself in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 51 through 58. Jesus is trying to explain something to the people that seems impossible. How can he literally give himself, his body, his flesh, to feed people? In part, I think Jesus is doing some foreshadowing here, telling the people that he will literally give up his life, his physical form, on the cross without not yet actually saying those words to the people. He's doing the best he can to expand the realm of possibility of what this bread of life can mean, as well as what this giving of self fully and without reserve means to people who are starving for both physical and spiritual bread. So who isn't hungry for both physical and spiritual bread? I can tell you, I am. Sometimes the bread of life comes in a meal. Sometimes it comes in a word of encouragement. Sometimes it comes in the seeing of a neighbor, or in this case, a colleague, being fulfilled and filled in their work and their calling. 
Here is where some timely feeding of the people, bread of life, holy shenanigans comes in. In this week's episode, I'm pleased to introduce a special guest, the Reverend Kwame Pitts. She is a fellow pastor in the upstate New York Synod who is serving as a pastor and spiritual facilitator of not just one ministry, but three, Community of Good Neighbors, Oasis, and Lumen. The coordination of her call was recently refocused to one physical and geographic place in downtown Buffalo, New York. In this spread of life gospel season, I had the privilege of stopping by to get a tour to the new home of this collaborative ministry. As Reverend Pitts talked about the work at hand, I saw her face ablaze with joy and excitement, and I was encouraged as well as challenged. I knew that her story about the community of Good Neighbors, Oasis, and Lumen was one that might encourage and challenge you, too. So we're serving up some fresh bread of life for you that comes directly from Reverend Kwame Pitts. She tells this story in and among the sounds and activity of a busy day of work at the community of Good Neighbors in Buffalo, New York. So listen in and see what sticks and what lasts and what you hear of this bread of life. One of the reasons why the work that we do at Community of Good Neighbors is so important is because primarily this pandemic has really exposed and peeled back the layers of food injustice and food disparity, not only in this nation, but across the globe. So CGN started out um, servicing the east side, and we still do, outside of Resurrection Lutheran Church, where Community of Good Neighbors was actually birthed into being. Um, over the past nine months, we have to have fed, I don't know, upwards. I mean, we do, we probably do about two to 300 bags per month. So if that's one person per household, that's a lot of people. So we're not just servicing those who are homeless or, and I don't like to say homeless, I like to say without community, without a permanent place of residence, uh, a community to take care of them or to be a part of, to be you know, watched over. Um, but we're talking about families, people who have been let go of jobs, who have been laid off, especially because of this pandemic. Um, all these things culminate into people needing food. And one of the things that we aim to do is we enter into the community spaces as sharing our resources as we ought to, because that's our call from Creator. Um, when Jesus uh, said to love our neighbor, that just doesn't mean say a wave of friendly hello across the, you know, the, the proverbial gate. Um, it means actually stepping off the path and going to the neighbor, greeting them, and then saying, how can I be in community with you? How can I be with you in this moment? What can I do to help facilitate wellness and wholeness and healing? And in turn, knowing that we don't get a reward from it. It's our destiny. It's our purpose. And knowing also, too, that that same community will reach out to us when we are in need and say, how can I be within community with you? One of the things that we're hoping to do is go beyond just the model of just being a food pantry. 
but hopefully being able to impact not only the east side of Buffalo, but any area where there is a need um, that we come and help build community gardens and various lots that we're able to build up small grocery stores, artisanal stores um, for the community and for those visiting communities, like how can the outside community who's coming in, who drives past the store, um, that has fresh fruits and vegetables that were grown within a community like right on the block. How can they support the community? They can come in and buy these things and how can the community also support himself offering fresh fruits and vegetables and other things for people who are in need? Um, I think those are the important things. And then going a step further and having conversations with our legislators, local or regional, and say, so what will you do since you hold the keys to power? What will you do to impact food injustice and make this right. At the end of the day, I'm hoping decades down the road that we don't have a food disparity problem or there's not food injustice, and that's fine. I also hope that the community of, uh, community of the neighbors, the people who begin to join, take ownership. Um, I want them to run CGN. I'm just a facilitator. I'm just there for pastoral care. Not to say that I don't want to be engaged, but I also do not take the role of solo pastor, pastor in charge. Um, I want this to be a communal effort. I will work for the community, but working with the community and allowing the community to guide. Thank you to Reverend Kwame Pitts for taking the time in the activity of her work in downtown Buffalo to share some bread of life encouragement and challenge with us. I'll give you more information at the end of this episode on how to learn more about her work. So, dear Holy Shenanigans listeners, what does bread of life, of community, of connection, what does bread that lasts look like to you? Recently, I had a conversation with a woman who told me about having the best espresso in the world. This was a drink she'd had several years before but there was something about it that stuck with her. She had traveled all over the globe, but she said that there was a little shop in northwestern Pennsylvania where she had the best espresso of her life. Curious as I am, I asked her, was the name of the shop dot dot dot? Was it in dot 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 Pennsylvania? She exclaimed, yes. Do you know the place? Yes. Yes, indeed, I know that place. I more than knew about this shop because back in the day, I worked at that shop. The woman blinked in disbelief as I told her that I had been a waitress there and that I'd fallen in love with making beautiful espresso drinks. I learned how to make a cafe au lait that was three sections deep with a stripe of floating cream in the middle of the tall glass that it was served in. At the time, I had no clue that I was making the best espresso in the world. How was I to know that espresso, to her, was the espresso of life? I looked at this woman in amazement. How could it be after all those years that she could recall something I had long dismissed? Without this woman's blast from the past reminder of making this best espresso in the world, I would have forgotten it. It's been said that what we appreciate has a lot to do with our perspective. 
that our perspective can impact what we think is the best and what's the worst and what's in the middle. Perspective makes a difference in how we see things. Like seeing things like a colleague joyful about the hard and beautiful work of building a ministry from the ground up to feeding the physical and spiritual needs of neighbors, to being reminded that even tiny cups of espresso can make a difference to someone. Do you see any lasting best bread of life in you, in your community? Sometimes bread of life needs to be reframed, refocused, and reorganized so that we can see it. Sometimes we need to re-see things through the eyes of an appreciative person. What do we dismiss that someone else cherishes? What are we missing altogether that someone else sees and cherishes as the best? The bread, the ministry, the espresso, or you fill in the blank, dot, dot, dot. What is your best in the world? What does bread of life of community, of connection? What is the best bread of life that sticks, that lasts? What does it look like to you? This week's poem comes from the Old Testament book of Proverbs in the Bible. It is an Old Testament reading that is paired with the gospel from John this week. Listen to this ancient text and ponder with me what lasting bread of life, of maturity and grace are you and me, we, the greater community, called and challenged to serve? Proverbs 9, 1-6 through 6. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her animals. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servant girls. She calls from the highest places in the town. You that are simple, turn in here. To those without sense, she says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Lay aside immaturity and live and walk in the way of insight. Thank you to Reverend Kwame Pitts for joining us this week. To learn more about her Bread of Life work in the city of Buffalo, go to www.cgnbuffalo.com. You can also find Community of Good Neighbors at Instagram at Community of Good Neighbors. In addition to her work with Community of Good Neighbors, Oasis and Lumen, Reverend Pitts and her colleague, Reverend Miranda Hammer, host a podcast called Opposite Ends. You can find Opposite Ends podcast on Spotify and other podcast platforms. Until next time, remember the power of a good neighbor, a best cup of espresso, and bread of life that lasts. You're welcome to join me on the ongoing, unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy.